Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Immortal Index podcast where we talk things all about uh, Shinsha, uh, Wuxia, and of course, Xuan uh, Huan. Uh, so today is a really, really cool episode because I reached out to one of the original authors that you can find her works all over the web through Amazon or Wuxia World, uh, Tina Lynch. Uh, she has been the author of uh, Blue Phoenix, of Overthrowing Fate, Condemning the Heavens. Uh, check out her Patreon at patreon.com slash Tina Lynch. Uh, you, you'll probably have seen her in the Discord channel. She's, she's very active in the community. It's really cool. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm also going to be reading the first chapter of Condemning the Heavens later on the show, as well as talking about our poll for the week. The poll for the week is, what's your favorite aspect of powering the MC, uh, the main character? Uh, the options are perceiving laws, bloodlines, special items, or secret magic. You can check that out on the Twitter page for Immortal Index. That's at Immortal Index. Also, be sure to subscribe, hit that like button on YouTube, and if you have a moment to go to iTunes, search uh, Shinsha or search uh, Immortal Index, and leave me a rating and comment on iTunes, five stars if you could, and I'll definitely give you a shout out on the show. But without further ado, I want to thank uh, Tina for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you so much for, for being here with me. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very honored. So, first off, I just really... I'm always interested to, to hear about how people get involved in this community or how they, how they find their first novel. So what was the first uh, novel within the genre that you discovered that kind of got you interested in the first place? Oh, that's a very long time ago. Um, I found Curling Dragon. Me too, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it instantly. Um, I read all the chapters that were out at that time. I couldn't stop reading it. And then... Uh, what connected you with it? Like when, like when you read it, what, what really spoke out to you to, to make you be such a fan? I think it was the constant pursuit of being stronger, um, that he was not gifted at the start. He had to work really hard to get where he was. Um, and then I just really liked the whole mythology, um, all the mythical beasts and all the magic. Yeah, they it was do, amazing. They do a really good job of world building in that story um, and connecting you with all of the, of course, the, the turtle and the dragons. And, and I think Coiling Dragon is one of the best examples of uh, using those for, an, for imagery's sake and having, you know, the Martin and everything. So I thought, I thought it was really good as well. That's, that's the same novel that really got me interested in these. So from, from discovering Coiling Dragon to... Now starting your own novel, how, what was that process and, and what made you be like, well, maybe I should write one of these? It was, um, I just continued reading everything that was available at that time. There wasn't really a lot, uh, so I just read everything really. And then I started having all these ideas of my own. I couldn't really figure out what to do with them. And then one day I just sat down and started making a plot line and was like, so this could happen in my story, and I want this to happen, and if that happened, it would be awesome. And eventually, I had a whole story written out. I just needed to sit down and write the actual words. So I took the time and started writing, and it was amazing. It was making a world of my own was really way more amazing than I expected it to be. And that was Blue Phoenix, correct? That was Blue Phoenix, yeah. So how, how long was the, the pre-production process? Like, how long did you spend creating that foundation and creating the storyboard before you filled in all the blanks? Three months. Wow. 
And you was there anything that changed between when you did that to when you started writing it and how the fans reacted? Did you change anything, or was it pretty much the solid story that you had in mind from start to finish? Um, originally, I didn't plan it to be a harem. Um, I was <laughs> planning it to be only one love, uh, one true love. But then I fell in love with the characters, and I just really wanted them to reach the same emotions uh, that the one true character got. So I did change that. But other than that, I, I have pretty much stuck with my original ideas. What was the hardest thing that, like, that blocked you from starting it? I think the hardest was that I was really afraid if people would enjoy it. Um, I wrote for myself at the start. I didn't really expect anyone to like it. But at the same time, I was afraid that people would laugh at it and say that it was a really bad attempt at writing because I'd never written anything before. I never had any experience with writing. I didn't know what I should expect. I didn't. My grammar is not great either because English is not my first language. And I just had a lot of fears for how it would be received. Mm-hmm. Well, did, once you started it, though, did that did that fear kind of subside as you started releasing it? Uh, how long did you wait before you released the first chapter anyway? Did you do a release plan or was it like all at once? Um, my first release plan was to do three chapters a week. And uh, at that point, I had around 50 chapters stockpile. So that I knew I could handle these 50 chap- uh, three chapters a week. Um, and it went really well. Uh, it was received really well as well, and people were liking it, and I was really happy. Um, so the fear did subside quite quickly. How quickly did you build a readership? Um, well, I was really lucky. Um, I had an editor who uh, was on Gravity Tales, and he helped me get into Gravity Tales, so I got a lot of their readers to start reading my story. Um, it's really hard building a reader base if you don't have an existing reader base that can come in and give it a read. So that way I got it after like 25 chapters was when I started getting a really big reader base. Was it difficult competing with novels that are being translated? Because you're kind of in the same space, but this is something original by you. Is there kind of a prejudice against that, or is it has it been kind of open arms? There's a big prejudice against original uh, stories. Um, I will never be able to compete with the translated stories, and I have accepted that. I'm still really grateful for every single person who wants to read my stories. Um, they are giving it a chance, knowing that it might not be the same quality as the Chinese stories are, but they're still giving it this chance and I'm really grateful for that um, but if we look at how many readers I have versus how many readers the translated stories have I really have a pitiful amount of readers oh that's not good to hear well I think they'll I think I mean you haven't stopped though so I guess if you if you take when you started with Blue Phoenix and now where you are past overthrowing fate and with condemning the heavens uh has it been definitely on a great incline in terms of how many readers you've been building? Yes, it has uh, been steadily increasing over the years. Um, I've been writing since 2015, so it's been quite a long time now. Um, And from the beginning, I had a few very steady readers, and now I have a lot of readers, um, and it's still climbing. I'm, I'm really happy 
that I've been giving this chance where I can get a lot of readers to enjoy my stories because as long as they enjoy it, I know that I will continue enjoying writing it as well. Another interesting thing is that because you do an original work, there's not as much red tape when you're putting your novel out on Amazon and publishing it. Uh, was it difficult to find a publisher to, to find this, to put it out in paperback on Amazon? And how has the response on Amazon been? Um, Amazon does the paperback releases as well. So you don't really need any finances for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are not buying them as paperbacks. Uh, I've sold a very few amount of paperback books, but there is a lot of people who supports me and who buys them. And I do get new readers from Amazon as well, who then read at the back of the book where I write, you can read the rest for free on Wushawall. Mm-hmm. And then they join Wushawall to go and see where are these new chapters that they haven't read yet. So I'm getting a lot of readers from Amazon and a lot of my readers from Wuxia World are also buying on Amazon. Is it weird selling something that people can get online for free? <laughs> um, well, that was my initial thought because <laughs> it actually took me almost a year before I started selling them on Amazon uh, because I didn't really think that anyone would buy them. But my readers continued to ask if they could support me with it. And they really wanted to have it on their Kindle or they wanted to have it on their phone so that it was easy to read. And eventually I decided to try it out. And I found that a lot of people really are supporting me this way. And it's different from, for instance, Patreon, where you're paying a subscription. Here you can just choose to pay for one book. Maybe every two months when I release a book, you give me $5. It's, it's not as much as if you are a Patreon. So that way... Um, a lot of people see it as a good way to support. And I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Um, I did pull some of the character art that you posted in the, uh, in the discord channel. Uh, so I'm just, we're going to roll through a few of those for the, for the watchers on YouTube right now, but I pulled the, the pictures, of the characters. So of course we have Shu Wei, uh, we have, uh, Chu Hien, uh, Shao Lei, Hei Gu, uh, is it Len? I haven't read far enough. Um, and, uh, Wang Xiaoyun. So a lot of this concept art you have is pretty high quality. It looks great. But even when I reached out to some concept artists, they don't do it cheaply. Uh, What, what motivates you to keep getting more and more concept art for the, for the novels that you're doing? Well, that's because I really like having concept art. Um, I use them. Uh, For instance, I go to some conventions where I have printouts uh, that I hand out to people uh, to see if I can get them to be more interested in the story. I have flyers, um, but I also make merchandise uh, for my patrons. Um, those who support me with a specific amount, they get merchandise every single month, and I need art for that. So I make a lot of art, and I, I think that people will enjoy watching the art as well, just as much as I do, to see what does the characters actually look like Um one thing is what you envision in your head, but another thing is to have the actual art on paper to say, oh, so that's what they look like. It will make it easier when you're reading the story. Isn't it like pretty expensive, or do you feel like the ju- the cost just is justified by the usefulness of it? I feel like the cost is justified by the usefulness of it. Um, I feel like it's really worth it, because it also helps me when I'm writing, uh, having them and 
also the entire process of having to describe what is it actually I want to have you drawing for me um, is a process where I need to think and really describe and then I can use that description when I'm writing the book as well and I can use it when I'm looking at the characters if I suddenly feel like there's something I need to uh, describe then, then I know exactly what they look like and that's a great help. And you offer art on your Patreon, correct? Uh, like an ex- exclusive looks for ones you haven't released yet? Yeah. Cool. So people should definitely check out your Patreon, support you through there. Um, I am curious, though. You, you're now three novels in. Uh, the, the current release is, let's see, chapter for Condemning the Heavens. We're on chapter... Let me just look at it. Sorry. 150 was oh we're just hit 150 for the for the public release for condemning the heavens what's been the biggest uh, difference between when you were writing blue phoenix and when you were writing overthrowing fate and now condemning the heavens is it is it just the knowledge you've gained from writing those or has it just been a different does it really feel like a different flavor as you write it feels really different um blue phoenix was uh, a very light read it was um very much about this guy who wanted to uh, help his friend get revenge. He wanted to reunite with a good friend of his. Um, but it was very light. It was uh, He was a good boy. He would do everything the best way he could. Obviously, there would be some situations where he would uh, be mad, but usually he would be very good. Whereas in Condemning the Heavens, the main character is not a good person as such. He wanted to be a good person, but a lot of things have happened to him, which has change his view on reality so i would say that condemning the heavens is a lot darker than blue phoenix was and to write that has been a challenge it really has been a challenge for me um i'm finding it really interesting to be honest um i can't really write it uh, easily as i could with blue phoenix but at the same time i feel that my skill as a writer is constantly increasing because i keep on challenging myself to write something I'm not familiar with. What's the, what's been your favorite experience so far? Are you really enjoying condemning the heavens or has it? Just, I am. Yeah. Um, Blue Phoenix will always have a really special place in my heart because it was the first thing I ever wrote and it was a really long process. It took me two years, um, almost two and a half years to write it and I wrote every single day so Blue Phoenix will be very special but as it is as a story I think I like Condemning the Heavens better than I like Blue Phoenix because now I have had more experience and more time to actually make the story um, where I spent three months preparing Blue Phoenix I spent a year preparing Condemning the Heavens wow. so it's it's very different um, the way I look at the two stories. How many chapters do you think Condemning the Heavens is going to work out to in the end? Around a thousand. Around a thousand? Yeah. Wow. And that's, uh, how many books do you think that is that you'd, you'd split? Um, (laughs) around 16 to 20 books. Wow. You, uh, Harry Potter ain't got nothing on you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of books, especially when compared to the Western, uh, fantasy scene but it's not too much when we compare it to the eastern fantasy that we are inspired by so um, i'm not taking it too badly 
Is there a reason that uh, Overthrowing Fate was shorter than Blue Phoenix and now this new project is a lot longer? Did you just kind of want to get it over with or was it was it just kind of that was the story and that's how it ended? Um, there were multiple things with Overthrowing Fate. First of all, I was not the one who started Overthrowing Fate. Um, Overthrowing Fate was started by a friend of mine who suddenly stopped and then I took over. Oh. Um, and then I found out that writing two stories at the same time was too much for me. And I was also very sick at that time. Uh, and then I had to prioritize Blue Phoenix. Um, my plan was to finish uh, Overthrowing Fate the way it seemed natural. Because the character wanted revenge. He wanted nothing more. So when he got his revenge, he wanted a happy life. And that's what he got. But Overthrowing Fate is not done. When I'm done with Condemning the Heavens, there will be a sequel to Overthrowing Fate, uh, which will follow his son. Um, the summary has already been published and uh, announced, so I just need to write it, but that's for another time. <laughs> that's that's for a few years from now then, probably, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One thing at a time. I can't imagine having... Like, it's it's confusing enough to read eight novels at the same time, let alone, I don't know how it would be if somebody was writing multiple at the same time. I don't know if you'd be able to even do that. I, I can't. I tried writing two, but uh, because I got really sick, it, it was just impossible to keep it up. So I was actually, my next question was going to be, have you thought of the idea of creating sequels for your previously finished novels? So that's great. Yeah, so people can look forward to that. Uh, is there any, like, what's a concept that you have yet to work with in any of your books that you're really interested in trying out that you, that like you haven't yet? Mm. I would really like to write something where the main character is a demon, um, like not a human race, but a demon of some kind. Um, that's really bloodthirsty, but I'm very hesitant to do it because I'm already challenged enough with a character that's not completely good. So if I have to write about a really evil char character, then I fear I would be really challenged. It may, the, the more evil it is, the less you connect to it. Is, is, is that yes. it? <laughs> yes. I mean, I hope that's the case because if you're writing about something really evil and you connect to it too well, that might not be the best, uh, best pe precursor. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm having a hard time connecting to them, so it is really challenging to write. But uh, at the same time, I'm kind of drawn to those characters who think of only themselves and will do anything to uh, achieve their goals. So I do kind of want to write it at some point, but I don't think I'll ever get along with it. So it, it's a kind of hard situation. Have you been able to move towards full-time writing now, or do you still have to do other work on the side to to keep this going? I'm a full-time writer. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. I know how hard that is can, to, to, to get into that and actually achieve that, that status, so that's really awesome. What's your... Yeah, uh, it, uh, it took a long time, and it was really hard, but I'm very, very proud of it now. What if you were to describe like why you like this web novel community? Like, what is your favorite part of the web novel community that, that we're in here? Um, well, I think well, first of all, of course, it's the stories. I love the stories; they're amazing. But also the people I have interacted with so far, all of them has been extremely friendly and helped me in every way possible that they could. Um, I've been so well received, even though that a lot of the readers are not too keen on original context. I've not met a lot of haters either. Um, 
everyone is really considerate and uh, if they don't have anything good to say, they don't say it. Or if they have some criticism, they say it in a really gentle way. So I think that the people are really a huge part of the community that makes me really proud of it. So one of the, one of the things I was curious about is you're Danish, right? You're from Denmark. Yeah. Um, that's already a huge language barrier for anything English. And then you're taking Chinese novels that are translated English and then you're reading those. Is it, has it been difficult to kind of like connect with a lot of the stuff or is it just like something you've trained or you're so fluent in English? Cause you sound very fluent in English. And I'm also curious, like, are there other people in Denmark who are, who are super into this genre or is it kind of, are you like the lone Island sitting in the ocean? Um, well, first of all, my daughter is half Chinese and I have been studying Chinese for some time now. Wow. Um, so that has helped me a lot with understanding the Chinese culture and with understanding, um, how to pronounce words and finding names and so on. So that has been a huge help, uh, alongside my teacher has helped me a lot. Um, in Denmark, we are quite a few people who likes the genre, um, in my team alone, my editor is Danish and my proofreader is Danish. Hmm. Um, so I'm not all alone. And um, my book is also being translated into Danish at the moment. So we are hoping that a lot of people are going to enjoy reading it in Denmark as well. That's really awesome. That's that's cool. It's like I sometimes... I mean, I'm in Los Angeles and I can't seem to find anyone in person who actually is into the same stuff as this. So that's actually really cool that you have a whole team that's 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 on board. Yeah, well, we are not that many people in Denmark, so it's not that hard to find them. <laughs> so what is uh, what are you looking forward to most this year? Because as as we as we finish up, I mean, towards the end of 2018, you're probably going to get to what? Chapter maybe 300 to 400 in uh, in Condemning the Heavens. Are you just kind of going to buckle down and work on that for the next few years? Or is there something that you're excited about? Are you reading any other novels right now? Are you trying to promote anything or appearances at, a, at, at cons or anything? Um, well, I'm trying to get Blue Phoenix translated into a few languages. Um, but other than that, uh, I want to focus on Condemning the Heavens. I want to write as many chapters as I can and hopefully increase my release rate. Uh, I've had a bit of a wonky release rate the last two months because of some family issues. So now I need to make mass releases and uh, that's going to take a long time. So I'm going to write a lot of chapters. And are you going to do any appearances soon? I know you talked about having the art when you bring it with you to, to sign it or to, to sell it. Uh, are you going to be in the States or are you going to make appearances at anywhere soon? Yeah, but they're in Denmark. It's uh, at different conventions here in Denmark. Mm. Um, I was supposed to go to one here in August, but I had to cancel it. So I'm going to two next year um, and that's going to be amazing, I'm sure. Great. Uh, do you have anything else you want to promote or is condemning the heavens really the thing that fans need to check out? They need to go to your Patreon to catch you and, you know, support you. And I know your Twitter account's not too active, but they also can check you out on, uh, on discord and your discord is, uh, Tina Lynch number two Oh four six. Yeah. Um, well, I hope that they will try my stories, give them a chance and uh, not be too prejudiced. Um, 
that's about it, really. Well, luckily, I think the fans of this podcast at least have been very supportive. I really appreciate all of them for, of course, subscribing on YouTube, liking the videos and sharing. And I think everyone's really just a big fan of people who love the content and want to create something themselves. So I think it's a really cool community and it's really great that they've been supporting you so far. And I only hope to have years and years of more support for you in the, in this, in this genre. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for coming on Tina and we'll ha I'll have to catch up on condemning and maybe have you back soon so we can talk real talk with this story. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. Thank you. So that was really cool, guys. Uh, that was live, of course, uh, if you're watching right now. Um, obviously, if you have more questions for Tina, you can hit her up on her Discord, or you can check out the Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash Tina Lynch, uh, T-I-N-A-L-Y-N-G-E. Um, it's really cool hearing about a lot of that stuff because it kind of, like, you got to look at yourself now because a lot of us read anywhere from four to 12 of these novels and, you know, that's how she started was just reading and loving it so much. She's like, OK, well, let me create my own novel, writing it down, creating the format, creating the story. And this is she said she started in 2015. It's 2018 now. She's on her third novel and already is writing full time and supporting herself and has a fan base and has all this great support from you guys. So uh, it is kind of a cool inspiration. So I hope that you guys get a good feel good feels from that, from that. And, uh, and if you're thinking about trying to start doing something like that or trying to start writing a novel, like sit down, think out your thoughts, try to put it on paper, try to get something out because like you might as well. I think in my mind, my biggest thing right now is I'd love to do a, uh, a Shansha web series. It'd be great. It's just the, the stories have so much exposition. I haven't really found out a way to do it, but I'm in Hollywood. Like it'd be kind of simple to film something. So if you guys have ideas for shorts or anything like that, let me know. I, I might be down to film something out here. Um, first off, I do want to thank everyone who's watching in the chat. Uh, we got Luo Fu Chen, uh, Luna, Evan Nyobo, uh, even says, hi, greetings from Norway. Hey, thanks for joining in. Uh, Drawn Seeker says, awesome. Lofu Chen says, harem rules supreme in online novels. Unfortunately, it does. I'm not a big fan of the harem, but I'm not exactly against it either. I don't think that it's like, as long as it's not a main plot point, then I'm totally fine with it. And then uh, he also says, interesting, a satanist main protagonist. I don't think we were saying satanist. I think we were saying a demon, but you know... You can take it the way you want to take it. Uh, and also, Mr. Freemian is lurking in the chat as well, just not talking as much. So thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, if you any of you listen on iTunes or you're listening on SoundCloud, do me such a huge favor by going to iTunes, searching for the podcast, and giving me a rating and a comment. The more comments and ratings I have, the more I am boosted in the storytelling and, uh, and podcasts on iTunes. So it makes me be able to be found. Uh, obviously I do this, uh, because I enjoy talking about the content. So hopefully you guys enjoy watching the podcast as well. Be sure to share it with your friends. Feel free to post it in Reddit or discord and let people know I'm not as active in discord or Reddit. So like any help you can do for me, cause I'm kind of like not the smartest with that kind of stuff. I would definitely appreciate it. So in honor of having Tina on the show today, I'm going to be reading the first chapter of condemning the heavens. Uh, I do want to preface that it has a very different tone 
reading the first chapter without reading the prologue. So you can listen to this, but if you're really wanting to know what's going on and kind of catch some of the subtlety in the chapter, you should go read the prologue before you start going from chapter one. So don't count my chapter one reading as your start. You should start at chapter zero and go from there. Uh, I do want to say that uh, you can go to Tina Lange uh, is a YouTube uh, channel and she's had a pro voiceover artist do the prologue and chapter one reading on her YouTube channel. So you can check that out. Obviously I'm still going to do one here for you guys because uh, obviously if you're listening, you don't hate my voice that much, even though I hate my voice, but you know, that's how podcasting goes. So without further ado, we're going to be talking about condemning the heavens. Let me go ahead and read you a little bit of the synopsis of the story here before we get started. So, in the continent of Chang'an, humans had lived as livestock and slaves to the primordial beasts. These beasts were ferocious, bloodthirsty, and overwhelmingly powerful, but even so, the humans managed to prevail in the face of despair. As the human's race grew stronger and the primordial beasts fought back with relentless fierceness, rousing beast hordes to engage in frenzied battles over the land, every single child on the continent was taught martial arts for the sake of fighting these primordial beasts. Yet many of them were sent straight to their death because, you know people die. Uh, in this world filled with constant battle, a young boy was born. This young boy was hoping to become the most outstanding cultivator, but who would have thought that his talent was so poor that he could not even cultivate? As the boy was filled with, filled with despair over his unfortunate situation, a life-changing event occurred, which would forever leave a scar in his mind, pushing him to transcend his limits and grow to become a legend. So, everyone who voted in the poll last week who said, uh, just plain hard work, uh, there you go, guys. This is a novel for you, so without further ado, let's check it out. Chapter 1, Tian Kong City. Trying to pry open his eyes, Xu Wei woke up with a thundering headache. He could not help but groan slightly as his head throbbed heavily, making him feel as if his entire body was floating and weightless. This was while his head, on the other hand, felt as if hundreds of primordial beasts were gnawing on it at the same time. Xu Wei laid still, trying to overcome the throbbing pain in his head, but it seemed that the headache was stubborn. An unknown amount of time passed before he managed to overcome the pain and slightly open his eyes. He only managed to open his eyes slightly before a bright light forced him to shut them again. He tried to open his eyes once more, yet the same result occurred. Every time he tried, the world outside shone so strongly that he had to close them again out of reflex, and it took a lot of energy just to force them open one more time. The shining light was like daggers that shot into his head, making his headache erupt with pain once more, and after every attempt, he needed to calm down before he could try again. Sighing, Xu Wei could not think clearly. His mind was a muddled mess, and his body was racked with pain. The only thing he knew was that he needed to open his eyes, and only after gathering every last shred of energy available to him and from his frail body did he, did he pry them open finally. A sharp pain erupted in his head once more as the rays of light shone down on him, but Shu Wei used his willpower to create a force to stay, keep his eyes open, causing tears to stream down his cheeks. Where am I? Shu Wei muttered to himself, confused as he looked around the room in which he had wakened. The room was pretty big. It was beautifully adorned with blue silken curtains and chairs with embroidered cushions. Shu Wei laid on a large soft bed with blue embroidered linen and pillows, and against the wall was a desk made of some sort of wood that he had never seen before. Shu Wei's eyes roamed across the room, and he could not help but frown as his messy thoughts slowly straightened out. Nothing here looks familiar, he said to himself, but as more and more of his memories became clearer, his face paled, and he suddenly lifted his hands and checked his body. He was sitting in the bed wearing a white robe with blue embroidery of dragons. These colors matched the room, and all of them were the finest quality. Upon touching the fabric that the robe was made of, he could feel that it was the finest silk he had ever held in his hands. But when he tried to remember how he knew that this was much finer than anything else he had ever touched, he felt a sharp pain in his head. 
Shu Wei doubled over and held his head in his hands as he grit his teeth, refusing to let out a scream. The more he tried to remember, the more pain increased. Who? Who am I? Shu Wei stopped trying to remember, and instead he went through the memories he had in his mind, but he was severely shocked. He found that he could speak a certain language. He remembered the daily life of the continent he lived on, and he knew about the fight between the humans and the primordial beasts. He knew that every expert had the duty to fight these beasts when they turned 16, and he was aware that he was from the kingdom of Heping. He knew that he was born on the continent of Chang'an and in the kingdom of Heping. The kingdom of Heping was split into the administrative regions of the northern, eastern, western, and southern territories. Apart from the kingdom of Heping, there were plenty of other kingdoms and empires on the Chang'an continent, but none of them were at war with one another as all human resources went into fighting the primordial beasts. The more he remembered, the more memories flooded in his mind, but he frowned. He could not remember anything about himself, and when he tried to think about his past, a searing pain burned into his mind, alongside a single image of a small village that was located in the northern taiga. It was filled with snow, and he had a faint feeling belonging to this village, but there were no people, no names, and no family connections. Shu Wei staggered to his feet and scoured the entire room. Everything he came across was new to him, and the light was also different from what he was used to. Although he was unaware of who he was, he was completely sure that everything around him was foreign. This was not his home, nor was it somewhere he belonged. Once again, the image of a snowy village appeared in his mind, and he started panicking. Shu Wei had the impression that if he wished to get his memory back, then he had to find the village that kept appearing in his mind. Shu Wei was only 10-year-old child, and he was suddenly in the middle of an unknown world. His heart burned with anxiety. He did not know who he was, and he was terrified as to why he did not remember anything. Although he knew that remembering things would cause him to suffer pain, he still sat down in the middle of the room and covered his ears with his hands. He closed his eyes and tried to think very hard. He was trying to remember even the slightest clue as to who he was. The more he thought about it, the more intense the pain came. But he did not give up. Yet after trying for a full half hour where his body had become constantly wrecked with pain, he gave up. The only thing that had come to mind was the picture of the tranquil town covered in snow. Although he felt that this town was familiar, filling him with a feeling of inexplicable attachment to the snowy place, he had no memories of it. No matter how deep within his mind he searched, he had no memories at all. Everything was blank. Yet he had plenty of knowledge in his mind. None of this knowledge was about himself, though. His curiosity stirred as he moved towards a mirror that was leaning against the wall in a corner of the room. As he looked at himself, he instantly guessed that he was no younger than nine, but he couldn't be older than twelve either. He tried once more to remember, but the result was the same as before. All he got was a vague image of a snowy town. That town has to be in the Northern Territory somewhere, Shu Wei mumbled to himself as he stared, started to fully examine himself in the mirror. While he wouldn't call himself a pretty boy, he was relatively handsome. He had long black hair that scattered down his back, and it also framed his delicate face. His eyes were as dark as the moonless night, and his lips had a healthy, rosy color to them. His body was neither tall nor short for a person his age. He wasn't very muscular, but he still had some muscle on his body, which made him seem healthy and well-proportioned. After looking at himself in the mirror, Shu Wei calmed down somewhat. He had been given a, a room with every necessity that one could need. He was wearing luxurious clothes, and he seemed as if he had been well-fed and tended to with care. I'm beating... Treated very well here, Shu Wei mumbled to himself as he stopped looking at the mirror and instead moved towards the window that took up quite a bit of space in one of the walls. The window had set of curtains covering them, and although they were translucent and did not block the light, they ensured that no one could look in or out. Lifting the curtains, Shu Wei looked outside. He found that he was in a beautiful old building in a large city. The noises from the bustling streets in the city were drifting through the window now that the curtains had been lifted, and the scents of all kinds of foods wafted through the air. In the sky above the city hung the sun, throwing ray after ray of scorching hot sunlight down on the city that laid out before it. But although the sun was scorching hot and Shu Wei had a hard time dealing with the heat, he saw that the citizens were down on the street, were not even breaking a sweat, even while hard at work under the sun. Clearly, they were all used to this kind of climate. 
Shu Wei could see the city that lay outside the walls of the mansion he was within, but he was astonished by the sheer size of the mansion itself. It was large and had a beautiful garden surrounding it. There was a lake and even guards were patrolling the area. As Shu Wei looked around the surrounding areas with curiosity, he heard the door behind him open. He jumped in fright as he turned around. His heart was hammering in his chest and his eyes were wide open as he stared at the man who had entered the room. In front of him was an extremely handsome young man. He seemed to be no older than 25 years of age and his hair shone in the light that reflected through the room. His eyes were a beautiful blue like the deep ocean and his skin so pale it looked like porcelain. As his, on his lips was a gentle smile and within the blue eyes that looked at Shu Wei it was doting affection. You are awake, he exclaimed excitedly as he went in, but Shu Wei retreated a few steps until he was right next to the window, and if he retreated any further he would definitely fall out. Shu Wei felt that he knew this person. He felt that there was a dangerous air to him though. But when he searched his memories he realized he had never met this man before. Who are you? Shu Wei asked tentatively. He was on guard against this handsome man, but he also felt that he would not do anything to him. The doting affection within the young man's eyes said that he held no hostile emotions. But then why was Shu Wei so frightened just now? You forgot me? The man asked with a voice that was filmed with disbelief, his eyes showing hints of sadness, and he instantly stopped in his tracks. Little Wei, are you okay? The man asked again, causing Shu Wei to frown and shake his head. He was filmed with a mixed emotions. A part of him screamed to escape from where he was this instant, while another part of him wished to stay. It's clear that this man knew him, and he wished to know more, too. This man could be his ticket to getting his memories back. Shu Wei sighed as he sat down on the ground and crossed his legs. He could feel a powerful ripple coming from the body of this young man, and it was clear that there were no chances of escaping, even if he tried. Since this was the case, Shu Wei shook his head and decided to be honest with the man that seemed to know him. He might end up getting some information about himself. I, f I forgot everything. Who, who am I? Who are you? Where am I? And what's going on? Shu Wei was very calm considering that he'd forgotten everything, and hearing his questions, the handsome man nodded his head in high praise of his ability to stay calm in such a situation. You are Shu Wei, my nephew, the handsome man said with a sigh. Your mother died when she gave birth to you, so you lived with your father, who was an apothecary in the Northern Territory. Unfortunately, he had an accident during one of his herb-gathering missions and was killed by a beast horde led by a primordial beast. The handsome man had a face filled with, filled with pain as he told the child this. When I heard about it, I came directly to pick you up. I'm your only living relative, and I will look after you. The shock of losing your father must have been a terrible experience for you. All the way from the Northern Territory to here, you never uttered a single word. And when you arrived here, you shut yourself up in this room? Hearing this, everything seemed unreal to Shu Wei. He had no parents, but he could feel the concern and care in the voice of this uncle of his. Hearing it, he instantly felt better, although he grieved over the fact that his father had died. It was hard to truly grieve over a father he had forgotten everything about. Looking at the child, a strange gleam appeared in the eyes of the uncle before it rapidly vanished and his concern returned. My name is Xiao Lei, but you can call me Uncle Lei. We are currently still within the kingdom of Heping, but no longer in the Northern Territory. We are in the Southern Territory, in a city named Tiangkong. It is one of the largest cities in the Southern Territory. Looking at the child who was still seated on the ground, Xiao Lei turned quiet and waited for the child to say something. It was clear that he was digesting the information he had been giving, and all of it must have come as quite a shock to the young boy. Therefore, letting him take his time to accept it was the best course of action. I see, Xu Wei murmured. I'm sorry for having become a burden to you, he sighed, but Xiao Lei just shook his head and smiled. You're no burden. I have no family, and thus it'll be nice to have someone to share this large house with. Hearing this, the child felt warm in his heart. Although he was an orphan, he was not alone, and he stood up and bowed his deeply to his uncle. Thank you for taking care of me, he said with heartfelt gratitude. To make up for this, I will train extra hard with the other youths. I will become an outstanding talent and will kill many primordial beasts in your name. Making a promise like this, the face of his uncle turned strange for a moment, yet... Right after it turned to normal and he sighed. 
You don't remember this either, he asked as gently as he went closer to the child. You are unable to cultivate. I have searched everywhere for a cultivation method that will allow you for you to cultivate, but so far I've not found any. I, I cannot cultivate? Shuei asked, astonished, but Chalet stuck his head. No, you cannot cultivate, he sighed. Hearing this, the small child, who had hoped to become a true hero, was depressed as he was incapable of even taking one step towards this dream. Well, why don't you come with me to get something to eat? Even if you are incapable of cultivating, I'll think of something for you, Shaolei said gently. Shu Wei, who was filled with despair, slowly nodded his head. To not be able to cultivate truly made one the scum of society. If you could not cultivate, it was impossible for you to do your duty against the primordial beasts. And not only this, it was also impossible to become a strong hero. The only safety that Shu Wei would have came from his uncle. But even so, he would be bullied by the other children his age. Sighing, Shu Wei had a hard time accepting this, but he could do nothing but curse his fate. And that's chapter one, guys. Uh, definitely with the prologue, this whole scene is very different because in the prologue, you kind of get a little bit of a story into who Shaolay is and what he's done. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else. You should check it out. I'll just leave you with that little teaser. Um, we're about out of time, but I do want to talk about today's poll. Uh, but before that, I do want to say, guys, just go ahead and check out Condemning the Heavens. Uh, I'm a few chapters in. I like it so far. I really enjoy Blue Phoenix. I'm 150 chapters into that, so I'm sure I'll enjoy it because I like Tina's writing style. Um, it's just very impressive to me, the fact that somebody can write way better than a lot of people I know, and English isn't even their first language. kind of makes me a little bit like, damn, I should try writing because... This is like crazy, crazy good. Um, so the poll for this week, last week's poll was a battle between which of the four story foundations you like the most. The results are in. Uh, 24% of you said reincarnation. 14% of you said transmigration. Only 8% of you said an artifact or spirit guru. 54% of you said just plain hard work. So it appears that everyone just likes people who are like weak as hell and just work their ass off to become super OP and become the best in the story. So that's kind of cool. I was not expecting it to be that lopsided, but this week's poll getting down to it. I want to know what your favorite aspect of powering up the main character is. Is it perceiving laws? Is it bloodlines? Is it special items? Is it secret magic? Uh, perceiving laws is used a lot in desolate era. Bloodlines is very heavy in martial world and a lot of other stories, special items. Obviously that could be artifacts or that could be talismans. That could be something like that. Overgeared is a good example of special items, powering them up. Or secret magic. Uh, anything with Argan, uh, Argon would be a secret magic thing. Like uh, Wang Lin, or if you look at Meng Hao, they, they have secret magics that help them in certain situations. Uh, they have items too, and they have bloodlines and all that too, but really it's the secret magic in those stories. Um, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, I'll do a final uh, shout out to the people in the chat. Of course, Aluna Lua Fuchen. They're all talking about Satan right now to go back to when we were talking about how uh, Tina wants to do a demon story. Uh, and they're talking about how they're reading Duolo Dalu, uh, which is uh, Battle of the Heavens, I believe, is what that is. Uh, and shout out to Tyler Kiley, who joined the chat last minute. Fun fact, Tyler Kiley is actually a friend in real life. I didn't realize that last time he was in the chat. So that's kind of funny. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, please hit that subscribe button. Please hit the thumbs up on this video. It helps me out so much. If you want to support the show, I don't have tiers selected or any rewards or anything. I will shout you out. Uh, but you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash immortal index. Uh, basically just 
give me what you want. Even if it's a buck or two, like I just appreciate knowing that you guys like the show and support it. Uh, share it with your friends, post it online, post it wherever you want. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who's commented on the previous videos. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for everyone who continues to watch week to week. This was episode 10. Obviously next week we'll do episode 11. Uh, if you want to find the poll, it's on twitter.com slash immortal index. Uh, I'll put that in the chat and you can also find it in the description for the YouTube video, but all in all, thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Special thanks to Tina for joining us and talking about her process and talking about being an original uh, Xi'an Shan uh, author. Uh, thanks for everyone for joining, and we will see you guys next week. Cheers. <laughs>